Hey everybody, C Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like the running of the bulls, better at a distance. Today on the show, I'm talking about social suicide, and what I'm referring to is not the actual suicide, so not that kind of trigger warning. If you don't even like the word, then I'm going to give you that up front because I'm going to mention it a few times, but what I'm referring to social suicide is somehow convincing yourself that you don't need people in your life, that you're distancing yourself because you're an introvert or because you've had bad experiences or whatever the case may be because of your mental health, whatever. Uh, and you're starting to let go of people at an alarming pace. It's something that I started doing. And while I certainly think you shouldn't feel bad for being antisocial uh, in some scenarios, we you know we're human and humans seek social structures. We're social creatures in some aspects. So uh, it's definitely unhealthy to sort of um, let yourself go from the social experience. So we talk a little bit about that today on Dopamine. Drums, Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, C-Note, your host here. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about social suicide. And uh, to differentiate and, and specify what it is that I'm actually talking about, when I refer to social suicide, I'm meaning like completely distancing yourself from people, uh, not about suicide in the traditional way that we know about it. So um, that's kind of your trigger warning. If even the word suicide is a bit troubling for you uh, to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to use it too much, but for the most part, I'm not referring to traditional uh, quote unquote suicide. Uh, I'm talking about social suicide. And for me, I've been, you know, in relation to me and what I've been going through lately, I've been trying to sort of rework some of my own career path. Uh, for the most part, most of my life, I have been doing all sorts of work when it comes to uh, client work for graphic design, uh, working in corporate culture, things like that. I'm going to turn down this fan because it's really loud. Um, sorry if that's distracting, but <laughs> I need it because it's a little bit hot. Um, so I've worked in corporate culture. I've worked with uh, a lot of clients. And I find that as I'm getting older, I'm having just a much more difficult time being social. Like I'm losing all of my energy. I'm being fatigued more physically when I'm spending a lot of time around people. And what I'm really trying to figure out is like how I've been spending time with people to find the right kind of balance or the right way to communicate with people or to have people in my life uh, in a helpful way. And this is kind of in contrast to a previous episode that I did about um, anti-social behavior. I don't remember what I actually called it, but it was about being anti-social and not feeling bad about it. But at the same time, this is the converse, converse to that, is the idea that... Um, you know, being too antisocial is also not good for you. We are social creatures. We want to connect with people naturally and we want people in our lives. And I think that's the frustration that introverts have is not feeling like we can naturally connect with people. Some introverts are better at it. Plenty of introverts um, will connect 
with the idea of being an empath or emotionally understanding people. But there are plenty of introverts that do not emotionally connect with human beings very well. And uh, some extroverts as well. I'm mostly talking to introverts because I think this applies to introverts uh, much more easily. But for me, you know, in my personal experience as an INTP in the Myers-Briggs system, but also just just an introvert who has um, been essentially trained by a father who is an ESFJ to be a certain way when you're being social, it takes a lot out of me because the type of social behavior that I was taught is very energetic. It's very... Um, very personable. And, and like, I feel like I'm all of my senses are heightened and therefore I just get drained really quickly. So that's the struggle that I've been having lately is trying to transition away from doing client work or doing client work in a way that manages my energy better. Meaning instead of getting on phone calls or doing video calls or anything like that, I'm literally recording a video of me talking about the process uh, of like creating comps or sketches or research, things like that, and using multimedia tools to help me to still help people, but a little bit more indirectly. So I don't have to manage people energy or emotions or things like that. Um, so I'm continually trying to come up with ways to still be social, still be helpful, still try to make money in ways that allow me to preserve my energy. And that's pretty important because I don't want to commit social suicide. I was starting to, and it was not feeling just as good as having too much social energy. I was distancing myself from people. I don't, I mean, I already naturally don't remember to text people in my life. I don't check in with people. I'm not really good at follow-ups when it comes to business stuff. Um, and you know, it sounds terrible, but for the most part, like I don't care a lot of the time. I have moments when I care about things, but I don't think about people all the time. I barely, I probably spend five to 10% of my day thinking and caring about people uh, outside of myself and my, uh, you know, me and my girlfriend here at home. You know, I don't, I don't think about it. I just don't naturally think about it. And I don't feel bad about that, which is part of what that previous podcast was about. But also I need to make sure that I'm not isolating and siloing myself away from humanity in a way that's unhealthy. So I, I do need to reach out and find new things to do and find ways that feel, because I, I enjoy being social in the context of playing. You know, if we're playing video games or playing um, some sort of uh, uh, doing improv games or at a museum or something that's just fun and we're laughing and we're enjoying stuff, like that feels the most natural and energizing to me. If I'm doing anything like, work-wise or dealing with emotions or anything like that. We're like playing sports. Like sometimes that, that stuff is draining to me, but when I'm playing or playing with ideas or brainstorming, you know, some of my favorite parts of, of, uh, my past work experience was I was working at a film marketing agency, uh, in Santa Monica called Stradella Road. They're great people, and I think they're still in business. And we were doing um, film marketing stuff for for major films. Uh, anything that came out around 2013 to 2015 is uh, a lot of stuff that I worked on, uh, from like Lionsgate and Universal, uh, Walt Disney Animation Studio, uh, Netflix, Hulu, stuff like that. And um, including like Fifty Shades of Grey, Big Hero 6, 
uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, things like that. I worked on a, a lot of those campaigns. And my favorite parts, and the reason that I liked going into the office, because I had to drive three hours to get there, because uh, I lived in San Diego, uh, my favorite part was being able to brainstorm different ideas because I was always very good at it. And it felt like a, a natural combination of my first two skill sets, which is introverted thinking and extroverted intuition. And for me, that felt really, really good. I loved doing that. I loved being able to get people into a place where we're just like, we're playing, we're playing with ideas. We're just kind of, there's no limitations and we can just, take something and just try to make it happen. And that is most invigorating to me. That's a lot of fun. So I need to think about those times and try to translate that into today. You know, what, and, and how does that work for you? You know, if you're an introvert, what version of extroversion feels natural to you? Because we have a fa we favor introversion, but if you're going by the Myers-Briggs system, we have a secondary function, which is going to be the opposite attitude, which is going to be extroversion. So if we're employing that secondary uh, attitude, that secondary uh, function in our lives, what does that look like for you? You know, do you feel happiest when you're coming up with like systems and structures and planning and lists and, and trying to get or, you know, organize things, or do you prefer to, harmonize with people and be empathic and to have emotional conversations? Or do you like doing kinesthetic things? You know, do you like going out there and like playing sports, going to the gym, working out, stuff like that? You know, what feels the best to you and, you know, lean into that because completely distancing ourselves from people and extroverting uh, in any kind of way is more harmful than good. And, you know, really, if we're an introvert, that secondary function is going to be the place where you're going to find and experience the greatest sense of growth. It's going to be the greatest opportunity for growth because, like, we can only be in our heads for so long, right? There is a reality that we form within our brains that feels rich and it feels great and it feels comfortable. So, like, we like being there. There's no problem there. But sometimes the outside world is what's scary. And being able to find your armor, your best way of presenting yourself to the outside world or getting out there is to, uh, to allow yourself the opportunity, you know, to, to, by learning that you're allowing yourself the opportunity to, to grow in a way that feels natural to you, you know, and that, and that's important, you know, and, and that's what I try to do on this show is like, try to encourage you to look at the specific and individual traits that you have, because I can talk about introversion all I want, but introversion doesn't mean anything if you don't have anything specific beyond that, because it's still a catch all statement. You know, if you're, if you're speaking about introverts and extroverts, that's applying, that's putting yourself in the bucket with 50% of humanity. That doesn't tell you anything. That only tells you you prefer one style over another. So what else is there? You know, diving in more. And I think that's where people start to get discouraged is like, I only appeal as an introvert. I don't really know what that means. That just means based on society or what I understand that I don't like people and I don't want to be around people. You know, because some introverts want to be around people. Some, some introverts don't. So there's another bucket to think about. <clears throat> and then there are introverts that prefer to think about 
uh, memories and, and live in social safety and have routines and structures. And then there are others that prefer to daydream and not necessarily be in the moment. So it's, <clears throat> it's about identifying, you know, further down, like what is more specific to you? Are you an intuitive? Are you a sensor? Are you a thinker? Are you a feeler? Uh, again, this is all Myers-Briggs system stuff, but the the general notion is that there is more to you than just these vague labels and these vague ideas of something. Even within the Myers-Briggs system, if you figure out your four-letter code and then your cognitive functions, there are still levels of maturity you can t- to consider. There's cultural upbringing and how that affects you. There's bias that has been placed on you throughout your life. There's all sorts of things to consider when it comes to you know, even learning whether or not you're an introvert and what to do with that. You know, I think some things are universally true. The idea that humans are social creatures, we, we, we live off of it. We thrive off of it. It's the reason that we have communities and cities and rules and structures, but dreams and intuition and uh, new ideas and things that make humanity better because we care about people as a whole, even though we conflict within, um, you know, within minor circles or, or even big swaths of the world, we're still human beings. And the problems that we face often come from forgetting that we're humans, that we are all are all are part of one big ecosystem and we all have strengths to bring to the table. So that if you can understand that yourself as an introvert is one type of person, you can allow yourself to be surrounded by other types of that same type of person or to better interact with different types of person, people, you know, maybe you need, maybe you realize that you're a certain type of type of introvert or extrovert, and you need to kind of supplement your thinking with someone who is a slightly different type. You know, it, it kind of helps you to, to see the world in that light and, and allow yourself to be able to move uh, in, in a direction that can be a little bit uncomfortable because it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, if you're, especially if you're an introvert, you know, going out into the world is going to be uncomfortable. There's a reason that the dominant and tertiary loop exists again in the Myers-Briggs system of cognitive functions, because you're introverted, your dominant and your tertiary are both going to be introvert functions. So it's a place of comfort. You know, you're going to go there because it's what you know, and you're going to allow yourself to convince yourself to stay within that attitude. But the growth really comes from getting uncomfortable, you know, and for introverts, that means figuring out what type of extrovert you are. And uh, that's going to take experimentation. That's going to take peopling. Really the past few days I've, um, I tried Uber. I've been trying to do that to like make some quick money and it's really been killing my energy. I've done it. I would do it for two hours and then I feel like I'm just done for the day. Meaning I get home and I can't do anything else. It's been hard to do these podcasts. I'm recording this, uh, like three days before it goes up, but I haven't had a lot of time to do it or I haven't had a lot of energy. I haven't felt the natural urge to record these podcasts because I've just been so drained. And sometimes talking is a bit of an emotional thing. And sometimes it's about connecting with people. So it feels like it's an, there's an extrovert attitude to it. You know, I'm talking to you, but I'm I'm kind of talking to myself. I'm sitting here in my apartment, like talking, but I know I'm talking to people on the other end. You're listening. 
and uh, I appreciate that. <clears throat> but um, for the most part, it's it, it feels like I have to figure out where to put my extrovert energy and not just say, screw it and ignore any bit of extroversion in my life or anything involving people, because that's, again, you're committing social suicide and closing yourself off from the world, closing yourself off from the potential to grow as a person, to expose yourself to different ideas and new attitudes and new things. Um, that's not helpful either, but you do get to control how, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be an extrovert like someone else. You need to be your version of extroversion and learn how to do that. That's going to involve trial and error, or you can take the Myers-Briggs test and start to learn about cognitive functions. But if you don't want to do all of that, then it's going to involve experimenting. You know, what things have, think about your past, you know, what things have you experienced and you've enjoyed in your life that involve other people? You know, do you like having conversations? Do you like playing? Do you like doing sports? Do you like to do, do you like to dream about different ideas? Do you like brainstorm sessions? You know, do you want to have coffee with people one-on-one? -on -one? You know, I, I mean, even that counts. It doesn't have to be this big extreme thing. You don't have to go to a big rave, you know, just do a little thing. And it's going to take a little bit of time. I feel like for me, it's going to take some time to get back into the flow of things and feel like I can be my most natural sense of being an extrovert without it draining every sense of me. And I think the trouble that I'm going to have is that the extrovert that I've been trained to be, it doesn't naturally resonate with me. Meaning, you know, my dad being a businessman and a sales guy and naturally being an extrovert and an ESFJ, I'm pretty sure. Um, he, instilled a lot of those values in me and I've kind of subconsciously copycatted him so that when I'm out in public, I'm using those skills. I'm using that strength and I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, but when it is infused with my natural sense of being, it's draining. So I have to find ways to temper that maybe not so go, not go so hard when I'm extroverting and, or expect so much from people and find a better balance. You know, it's, it's going to take time and I'm sure I'll talk about it on the show as we continue to go along, but it's, it's been really difficult lately. Uh, and I've really been playing with that. I, I'm also playing with like the idea that there's a, there's complex PTSD attached to everything that I do. I feel that way. I feel like there's madness <laughs> to everything. There's baggage in every area of my life and I'm having to unpack a lot of stuff and um, it's incredibly frustrating. I'm, I'm grateful to my partner, Molly, for being there for me and really being patient with me while I figure a lot of this stuff out. It's involving, you know, we have to deal with some money troubles because I'm not as naturally tuned to want to do one thing or another. Like I can't do the the grind anymore without it affecting my mental health. So it's, it's a challenge. Um, but I know for a fact that I should not commit social suicide, that so my support system is important to me. Having people around is good. Um, not everyone is as scary as we kind of make it out to be in our heads. I know for me, like it's definitely not as scary. Um, I've, I took 12 Uber rides in the past few days and they were all really nice people. They were either, they either didn't talk at all or when they did speak, it was, 
you know, really lovely conversation. They were really nice and it was, it was easy. So, um, it's just after it was done, I felt like I was awash with like feeling exhausted and I just couldn't do it anymore. So, you know, the people part of it is not the problem. It's the association with the people, how you people, how you connect with people, you know, and it's, it's going to be a, a trial and error thing. So um, with that, I'm going to wrap this up. Um, let me know if, if you've ever experienced this, if it's something that you've had trouble with uh, maintaining relationships. And again, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's important to make sure that you're not trying to fill relationships in the way that you've been taught or the way that other people want you to, and to try to teach yourself what, and listen to yourself as to what feels natural, you know, try something, feel it out, feel if it feels right. And then if that doesn't work, try something else, you know, try playing with people, try improving, try brainstorming, try, um, working with people on projects, you know, maybe try just having a casual conversation over coffee. Um, maybe try opening, opening up to someone emotionally, uh, and see if that's something that resonates with you. It really kind of, it, it depends on, on the context. So, um, with that, um, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you to go do your thing. You know, if you're inside listening to this, you know, go for a walk, go to a coffee shop, at least talk to the barista or something, say hi, or prepare a joke or I don't know, something about the weather. doesn't matter. It's fine. I know we hate small talk, but sometimes it's a good skill to have and, um, you know, go try something, you know? So, um, just to let you guys know, I do have Myers-Briggs courses. So I talked about that a little bit on this episode. You can go to cnote.media to check out my podcast course and uh, Myers-Briggs courses. If you want to jump into the advanced course, you can go to supermbti.training and sign up there. But there is a free version of the course at cnote.media that you can sign up. And it's like three hours of an introduction to Myers-Briggs that can help you understand your personality type a little bit better. Um, other than that, you know, if you're listening to this show randomly somewhere else, <clears throat> go to dopamine.life and subscribe, and then you can hit me up at rival my design on all the social channels. Uh, please leave a review. If you would like share the show, if you really like this episode and um, that's about it, that's all I can think of for right now. There's probably going to be more things in the future. I still want to do YouTube channel stuff. I haven't figured out what that looks like yet. Um, I get a lot of ideas in my head for what I want to do and then reality hits and I don't have the energy for it or the time. So we'll see what happens, but stay tuned. I appreciate you for listening. Thank you guys for always being here. Um, we've had another really good month. Uh, we're sticking to around between four to 6,000 listens a month. So that consistency is really nice. Uh, it certainly helps to share the episode and, uh, share, what you can with other people so that we can continue to make this the thing. So thank you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later.